Good morning. I'm the Reverend Jacqueline Sheldon from St. Paul's Episcopal Church at 220 Valley Street in Willimantic, and I'm overjoyed to be with you. I just want to make a quick announcement to let you know that we're going to be down at the uh, community fair uh, next weekend, and we'll have a booth set up with everybody else down there at the big celebration, and we're going to be handing out some fun nice water bottles. And also, we're going to be uh, introducing you to some of the interesting things that we're doing at St. Paul's, including uh, having time to do blessing of animals because St. Francis Day is coming up on October 30th when we bless our animals. And we'll have holy water and we'll have prayers to give you. And if you bring your animal, we'll bless your animal right then and there. So if you'd like to uh, come and maybe get some information about St. Paul's or equipment to bless your lovely animals, come down and see us at the fair next weekend. We'll be overjoyed to meet you. Let's start with a prayer. Grant us, Lord, not to be anxious about earthly things, but to love things heavenly. And even now, while we are placed among the things that are passing away, we hold fast to those things that shall endure. We pray this through our beloved Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our reading this morning comes from Matthew's Gospel, again, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 16. We're taking it from the English Standard Version Bible. Jesus told this parable, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarii, a day, he sent them out into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. To them he said, You go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. And so they went. Going out again about the sixth and the ninth hour, he did the exact same thing. And about at the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarii. And when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. Each of them also only received a denarii. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarii? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to this last worker as I give to you. I am, not allow- am I not allowed to do what I choose to do with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge me my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, just to set the tone for our reflection on this 
parable, this beautiful, simple story that has a profoundly deep meaning that, as I said last week in the parable, we could read over and over again for years on end and get some other new idea about what the kingdom of God is like and what it means to us. Before we get to thinking about that, I want to think about a few pieces of information that go along with this particular story. First thing is, is that I want you to know where Jesus is in his ministry at this time. He's really up against the greatest resistance to his mission. He's been preaching, healing, teaching, and feeding the hungry for roughly three years, and his radical transforming message of justice, mercy, and compassion has created such a stormy turmoil that he is actually about to get himself killed. In fact, when he tells this parable, he's on the way to Jerusalem for the last time. Also, it's important to note that the generally accepted wage for a 12-hour day of work in those days was actually one denarii, what the landowner offered the first workers in the beginning. And furthermore, this was a time of extreme stress, pain, and poverty. And if you didn't have a job, if you couldn't earn any wages, your life was absolutely desperate. And there were no social safety nets in those days. Just about everybody was just about getting by. So with this scene set, Jesus on his way to crucifixion, 12-hour day work days, usually paid about a denarii, and terrible poverty, we come back, consider what this story means. So in Psalm 90, the psalmist cries out, and we hear these words, teach us to number our days so that we may truly live and achieve wisdom. How long will we wait here alone? Return, O eternal one, with mercy. Rescue your servants with compassion. With every sun's rising, surprise us with your love, satisfy us with your kindness. Then will we sing with joy and celebrate every day we are alive. You have spent many days afflicting us with pain and sorrow. Now match those years with unspent joy. Let your work of love be on dis display for your servants. Let your children see your majesty. And then let the beauty and grace of the Lord our God rest upon us and bring success to all we do. Yes, bring success to all we do. I wonder if Jesus might have had this plea in mind when he told this parable. He has been afflicted and had very hard days and lots of pain for at least the last three years. And he has seen a lot of suffering of many along the way. He's about to go to the cross to let the work of God's love be on display for all its servants. So, with this idea in mind, what do we hear in this parable that Jesus is speaking of? First, we, rem we need to remember that Jesus begins by saying that, saying this, for the kingdom of heaven is like, 
This is to remind us that Jesus wants us to understand our lives in the kingdom to be a radically different way of living and seeing what we do and, and, and what life is all about than living in our physical world today. So he wants us to hear something totally different than we normally understand. He sets up the story with a landowner who we're intended to see as God who goes out to hire laborers for his vineyard. And the laborers are us being called out of the worldly mindset into the work of justice, mercy, freedom, and graciousness in the kingdom of God. Next, Jesus tells us that the the first laborer who will go to work for the full 12-hour day are treated with great respect and dignity. They're They negotiate for that wage. Remember in the story, it starts out that he asks the first laborers to go in and agrees to one denarii for the day's labor. And when they're angry about that agreement later, he says, why are you angry? You agreed to that. You said you would work for the full day. I didn't short you or treat you poorly. I gave you exactly what I told you I would give you, and we agreed on it together. So perhaps Jesus is stressing more to us the importance of the desire for the work than the actual pay for the work. To be in the kingdom, maybe, is the greater benefit and that all of us get the end reward of being in the eternal love of God. So that's very radical in comparison to the way we understand our world today. We need to see how Jesus really works to point out this difference of understanding the value of the hours spent actually in the presence of God, working for God, versus the value of just the simple and and reward. And we can see it in the way that he sets up the story about the hours. So first off, the person that's going to work 12 hours, the people that are going to work 12 hours, he goes out and he negotiates and he says, I'll pay you one denarii if you're willing to go into the vineyard. And they say, yes, we'll go for one denarii. Then he goes out three hours later at, say, nine o'clock in the morning and he sees some people idle in the marketplace. And now he says to them, you go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So again, he promises him well, promises them if they go in for their nine hours worth of work, they're going to get a fair wage. He goes, the, the landlord goes, the landowner goes back out at noon and at three, and he does the exact same thing that he did with those who worked at nine. Now, at around the moment when there's only one hour of work left to be done, Jesus twists the story a little bit. He says that the landowner goes back out and he sees others standing around. And he asks them, why are you standing idle all day? And they reply, because no one has hired us. And he tells them to go into the vineyard for one hour and they go. Now look at the desperateness of this situation and look at the way that these people standing around, not being in the presence of God, in the kingdom of God, but just being idle in the physical world, how painfully desperate they are. They don't even get a promise of a wage, and yet when he says, go into the vineyard, they go. 
what is going on here? Why does Jesus use laborers and the hours and the wages in such a way? What is he, what is he trying to open our minds up to? I'm sure there's a lot, but I want to give you what I think right now. I'm kind of considering that given the painful existence of the time, could it be that Jesus is suggesting something even bigger about a laborer for the love of God than, than the end reward? Maybe, maybe it's more about being in the labor with God than the simple end reward, which we're all going to have. He makes a point that the first ones are treated with great dignity and respect. He goes on to continue to offer, but the ones who go in last, well, they don't get any promise, like I said before. Now think about this for a minute. And the flow of that day, and the way that Jesus tells the story, who really suffered the most on that day? The ones who were working away in the vineyard, knowing that they were going to get their just reward at the end of the day, or the ones who were idle in the marketplace, anxious, because no one was hiring them, no one was seeking to be in a place of taking care of them while they worked for them. I think the tip-off is that they went into the vineyard, as I said before, just one hour before, without any suggestion of any pay at all. How miserable the day must have been for them, not knowing whether they would have any wages, not knowing what would happen to them during the day. What if Jesus is saying the last look like the first because they get the same just, merciful, compassionate love of God, but they suffer more in the painful void without it, without being with God because they don't say yes. They can't say yes early on. Psalmist says uh, to teach, teach, teach us God to number our days so that we will truly live and achieve wisdom. What if numbering our days is maybe even about numbering our hours? What if, what if it's about saying today in the good, in the bad, in the ugly, in the beautiful, God was with me at every minute, and I was seeking to serve the love of God in everything that I did. What if we have the joy of that accounting every day versus the sorrow of feeling alone? Maybe that's something that we could consider, that being in the presence of God is worth more than simply the end reward. Being with God every day, every minute, with every day, brings us greater joy, greater mercy, greater generosity, greater wisdom, greater love, and allows us at the end of the day, no matter what comes, to feel peaceful joy and satisfaction we have been with the Lord, we are His, and we have worked to bring His love into the world. About that, while you listen to Psalm 90, about numbering our days, being sung. Amen. Teach us to number our
Wisdom and grace, wisdom and grace, wisdom and grace. 